Morty Unleashed, where helicopters and astrophysics collide. We're trying to get the word out to the community to brace themselves. We, we just hope this thing's not going to develop into a real puddle. And in a situation like this, you really don't want to take the advice from how to go see minus astrophysics. What are your favorite kinds of words? We use words like honor, code, loyalty. Live from Clifford Studio in East Austin, welcome to Morty Unleashed with Joe and Jamie. And boom goes the dynamite. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 4.5. You're saying, why is there a 4.5? Well, Joe's not here again because he's at work. Joe uh, Joe is a uh, astrophysics, but he does work in the software type deal. And he has a real job, unlike uh, myself. Um, I just happened to have a good buddy of mine that flew in just for the day. Just found out this afternoon that he's here. So this is kind of a Memorial Weekend uh, special edition. So it'll be uh, four point five. We also have we have five uh, episode five already in the can with um, the chief Texan, the owner, founder, and. Uh, I guess the 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 main man at uh, Cheese's Boots, which is thirty five oh seven South First Street, and is our main sponsor. So gotta have a drop in there. But uh, Donnie, uh, my my buddy here is uh, Don Mendler, and uh, he is a airline pilot for American Airlines. He does not speak on behalf of American Airlines. <laughs> there, that's your disclaimer. Um, he was also. Uh, in Iraq with me. And that's what we want to talk about today. It's going to be, it may be a short one. It may be a long one. It just depends on, on how long this goes. But Don and I got to, uh, we're, we, we're in Iraq in uh, 2003, the beginning of the war. And uh, it was the wild, wild west. And we're not really going to talk about the war. We're going to talk about the shenanigans that go on when adults, big, big boys act like small kids uh, in the middle of a third world country at war. And uh, my buddy's name is Don Mendler, and we were both with HS5 at the time, which was a West Coast uh, squadron. Uh, we were lucky enough to be in a underneath the Siege of SOAC, and we were uh, special operations. We were the Kmart of special operations. We were not the 160th. Um, but we did get to work with uh, a lot of interesting folks, uh, the SEAL teams primarily, but we did ODA teams. We get to work with the Polish Grom. It was interesting time at the war. But... Uh, we we all have uh, we we all want to recognize the Memorial Day weekend is coming up here and the reason for the season, but we also while we were fighting a war over there we actually had a lot of fun, and we did a lot of a lot of interesting stuff that really no one talked to talked too much about uh, while we were in there because we, we none of us wanted to go to jail, <laughs> but uh, Don Miller say hi say where you're from and uh, we'll get going on with the Memorial Day weekend special. Yeah, th- thanks for having me, Jamie. Yeah, uh, definitely not an astrophysicist. So I guess today it's just helicopters meets helicopters. You know, just not that. So, I mean, he's an astrophysics. I've never seen any diplomas. And I, I went over, like, the number one, how I met him, okay? And I'll just bring it back up because people don't, some people may not have seen the first episode, listened to the first episode. But we went golfing, and we had a, we had a threesome. And that's not a trouble. That's just a threesome in the golf course. And uh, he came up as a single, and we said, yeah, you can play. Come on in. So we went a couple holes, found out that he lived on the same street that I did. I hadn't seen him. Yeah. And then uh, golf, the hot 20-something golf chick came up, golf cart lady. 
And he goes, I got, you guys want something to drink? And we all had grabbed a beer and he goes, I got it. So that was nice of him. He gave her a credit card and she looked at his credit card and it said, Dr. Joseph Maring on it. Nice. And she's like, oh, you're a doctor. And Joe goes, yes, I am. And she goes, uh, Cheezo's Boots. Best damn cowboy boots in Texas. And everywhere else. Cheezo's Boots. Damn comfortable cowboy boots. She goes into her ailments? Yeah, she said, my, my, my elbow's been killing me. And, you know, it hurts when I do this. And he goes over and looks at it and adjusts it. And like, does it hurt now? Does it hurt now? And she goes, oh, no, 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 that's good. She goes, well, you need to ice it and take some Motrin and you'll be fine. Nice. So goes, he was in the military. And no, he's, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's Motrin cures everything. Yeah. Cancer, Motrin, there yeah. you go. Bullet wounds, Motrin. Free Motrin. Yeah. But he goes, uh, he, so he walks off and I go, are you a doctor? He goes, Cause I didn't know. I, yeah. I, I just met him. He goes, uh, yeah, I'm a doctor. Like I'm, Dr. Jill Biden. He goes, I have a PhD in astrophysics. Right. Like Dr. Biden. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Biden. That's right. <laughs> Dr. Biden. She's medical advice. Um, so Joe's funny. He, and I don't believe he's an astrophysics, but he does make up a lot of stuff that black holes, um, comets you can ask him about anything he yeah. has an opinion on it i talked to him about ufos and i haven't heard anything really positive about that except that uh he says this possibility so sometimes it's fun to hang out with big brains that's funny ufo have you have you ever seen anything in any of your flights anything i couldn't explain yeah um i mean there's sometimes you're trying to interpret things but he's talking about a flat uh, uh, the, no yeah. <laughs> there. uh yeah, I'd never seen through thousands of hours I flew for the airlines and thousands of hours I flew for the military. I've never really seen, I've seen, you know, weather balloons and stuff that were up there, but yeah. that was about it. Um, but now they know. have Chinese weather balloons. It's true. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but let's take you back in time a little bit. Uh, we had a cast. When we were uh, flying balloons in Iraq? Yeah, we were flying uh, helicopters in Iraq and we were. Interesting times, right at the beginning of the war. It was a wild, wild west. Um, we had, uh, 2003, we'd moved up from Ali Asalaam, Kuwait, with uh, SEAL Team 5, um, up to Bayap, which is Baghdad International Airport. Uh, the funny part about that is that we had little to zero support when we moved up there. It was pretty much um, MREs, water, uh, living out of a bombed out has with the, is a hardened aircraft structure, basically a big hangar, um, right there on the premises. We were like free agents trying to get on with a single A team. We were, we, we, <laughs> we were, we were, uh, we were definitely in the minor leagues. Uh, SEAL Team Five had moved over to what we called Magic Mountain, which was, uh, who, uh, was a Uday and Kuse's palace that was at the one end of the uh, runway, which was was built on a big mound, and they occupied a corner of it. And uh, they'd set up camp there. They had a zoo. They, they did have a zoo. Yeah. They had ibex. They were shooting ibex. They were loose lions. I, I didn't get there in time to, to enjoy the barbecue. <laughs> That's but. right. The ibex barbecue. But they had loose lions on the property from their zoo from Uday and Kuse. Four lions. Yeah. Who are uh, Saddam Hussein's sons. Um, they also had a mansion there where they had a ton of sports cars that they knew when they left, they started burning them all. And there were two or three to get burned that did not get burned. And some of the team guys were driving around in the a yellow Porsche. Porsche. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, they had course. to tow it because it didn't run. So they towed it around the neighborhood to tell the locals that, hey, ding dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> and uh, the locals loved them for it. That was their way to win the hearts and minds. Yeah, the, hearts and to, minds. To tow the... Uh, Tow the Porsche that they used to drive around and just randomly shoot people. So it's like, <laughs> well, we're, we're the good guys. Udi so. and Kuse, yeah, they uh, they got their dune a little bit later. But we had a lot of, you know, besides flying missions and we flying, we were scrounging for stuff. We scrounged for, we had a Peugeot taxi, one of the cars that uh, the team had given us. We'd gotten a the orange pumpkin, the big truck. Yeah, it was a they, large truck. Uh, and came from nothing from the United States. It was all like it was rep- local. repatriated by, uh, I think by the it was city. paving roads before we, uh, yeah. I mean the, the nice part of being in a reserve squadron is we had people with random skills that yeah, you we know, did. show up to work. And it's like one guy's like, I could fix a diesel truck. <laughs> you know, you don't have that in the active duty side. Everybody's got a real, their stovepipe. So yeah, it was nice. Uh, but reserves. the weird part, weird part about there is, you know, we're up there and then we're trying to find a place so we could move out of the has and get a tent with air conditioning, um, and still fly missions. Um, and we uh, we were up. There was a little base called little camp called Camp Sather, that was on the actual Baghdad International Airport. Yeah, and air, so Air Force set that up. Yeah, the Air Force set it up. When Air Force sets stuff up, they set it up well. Yeah, they have an entire infrastructure. They have a comfort and, platoon. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it was. Dance night and the whole thing. It was just weird to us that, you know, we're up here and, and, you know, we're doing missions and these guys were there to support themselves, some of them. But it was a big airhead. That's where everything was coming in. That's where they were yeah. dropping stuff off and these guys were unloading uh, aircraft and, you know, foods, uh, foods, bullets, supplies, anything we needed that they're coming in. But they weren't giving any of us to, anything to us. And it we had to work up the chain of command to get a direct order to have them let us stay on base. So before we could get on base, we used to, they had ID cards where you would just put a color sticker on the ID card and they would check it and they would let you in. Then you could get something to eat. Yeah. So you had to know what the current color, whether it was yellow or orange. Right. right. And we would, we would tell our guys back in uh, all the Oslame, Hey, send up a pack of orange stickers, orange round stickers. And they would send them up and we'd put them on our ID cards so we could get in the gate and get some food. Yeah. And, if you're talking about that now, it's like those are some simple, basic things: food, water, and a place to sleep. Okay, yeah. that's all we were looking for. And uh, the Air Force, you love them or hate them, they sure didn't want us on base with them. Yeah, they kind of like to have things a little bit more structured than we did. But it was, uh, you know, it ended up being a place to live. They had uh, gravel instead of dirt. And, we did, and, and they had, most importantly, don't forget, we had air conditioning. We did have air and a mile south. The army did not. That's true. Uh, the were guys, with- and you know, there's always somebody's got a little bit worse than you. And the army definitely did have worse than us. They had tents, but they did not have air conditioning. That's a significant. And uh, these guys are pulling the 24 hour duty of uh, protecting the base to make sure no one was uh, was you know, rocketing it, mortaring it, and keeping people off the base. Yeah. They're working keep hard. Keep the navy guys away from the air force. Yeah, keep the navy guys <laughs> away from the air force. But uh, it was. Uh, interesting time we were always looking for vehicles because we never had enough vehicles and we would have to go to we would brief someplace and did you ever get to go to the uh the oga bar i did not you did not uh that was that was fun i don't know if you can even speak about that on the podcast the oga yeah we can (laughs) 
We just did it. Uh, other government agency, and I'm not going to tell you who they were, but they actually had a setup on uh, on Baghdad International uh, Air Base, and they had a bar. They had all sorts of things, but they're all contractors working for this one federal organization. Um, every now and then, we would have to do missions with them, so we'd get to come on their little compound, and we would brief them what they were going to, what they needed a uh, support for us to do. So we would actually go in there, and I think it was a dollar a drink. I'm not sure, but it was it was like a bucket drink, and you could have what you call whatever you wanted. But that it was a lot of fun. It was it was stuff that you really didn't expect. It's one of those where you kind of the next day, like, was I really in that bar? Was I really <laughs> in the bar? Middle of Baghdad. Um, but we would we would steal anything with those not lay that I was not steal, nailed down. Steals probably not. Is I it, think it's repatriate, acquire, acquire. Um, some of the most fun I had out there was with, uh, Steve Joyce, who was a man about town yeah. who, uh, was, had one made friends with everybody. Um, we actually, I remember and and Greg Erickson, uh, we were trying to get hellfire missiles moved up from, uh, from all the Ocelain where we had them at storage for us. And we we're trying to get a truck to drive all the way from Kuwait, all the way to Baghdad. Was this a kid from Iowa? I think it was. It was the National Guard group that we did, and we gave them two cases of beer and two blocks of non or two blocks of uh, fecal ice, and we got to move our uh, our hellfires from Kuwait all the way up to uh, Baghdad. See, that's where I helped you. you spoke army because you were former army. So I was a former army guy. Read their insignia and and speak to him, and then quickly know that this kid was like. He was working in his dad's farm <laughs> three months ago, and now he's driving a truck in the yeah. middle of the night. It's like through Iraq. It's crazy some beer? to think. And yeah, like, hey, we'll you, you, know, you want to make a beer run? Yeah, no, we'll give you the beer. You can make a run and get bring us back some missiles. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. And then we had to. Uh, we were trying to get vehicles. So Fork Greg, Wild West days. Yeah, Greg Erickson and I um, actually went to. Uh, big shout out to Greg. Uh, we. We were in sterilized uniforms. Um, our flight suits, we didn't have any Velcro. We had Velcro, but we had, took your name tag and took your rank off. And we went over to this. You could this, be anybody. You could be anybody. There was a lot that was right there next to Camp Southern. And it was just loaded with cars. And they were unloading cars from C5s and uh, C17s all day long. And they were, but they were, there was always names and, you know, uh, who yeah, they were supposed they, to go they to. They tried to have a plan. Yeah. So... Greg and I went over there and like, hey, we'd like to get some of these vehicles because <laughs> we have no vehicles. And uh, and there's a you know tech sergeant in there. He goes, uh, well, sure, sir. Uh, what's your what's your name? And like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, those are all spoken for vehicles. I'm like, really? And where's can we go out and look to see if they have them there? Like, I'll go, yeah, go up there. So Greg and I went out there, it's like the Ford dealership. Yeah, out Greg around. and I went out there and looked at at uh, some of these vehicles that. It was a small truck, and I think it was. Uh, we didn't have the moon, the moon vans yet. That's right. But space, uh, space, the space vans. Yeah. That's right. But we had a. There's a truck. I think there's two trucks that we the got. Hilux. Yeah, the Hiluxes. And so Greg and I went in, and we came back after we found out what the name was, and they said, "Well, um, is, are these?" They he didn't ask for ID or anything. They yeah. said yes, we are Major Smith and Major Jones, and yeah, we're here to pick up right these the, two. Right and here's the number that we're supposed to pick up. And they're like, oh, well, here you go, sign here. 
So we signed there, went up and got the, uh, the vehicles and we drove them back and we were like, we were heroes because we know we had two vehicles yeah. and we put up signs that do not turn these things into maintenance to be fixed because yeah, they will disappear. We're yeah. On we're on your own. <laughs> and sure enough, like if you fast forward in like six months, somebody turned it in to get, oil I don't know, change. a tire fix yeah. and an oil change, whatever. And they came back, they said, yeah, they kept those vehicles. <laughs> they kept the vehicle because they said that wasn't ours. <laughs> That was uh, that was after uh, Jack got his little fender bender on there. Jack did get uh, one of our buddies. Skipper didn't like pilot. that too much. He, well, he, I, wrecked, he wrecked my truck. It was yeah, our, my truck. Our skipper was an interesting cat. He was. Um, well, the best was when they, he was like, oh, "Did you exchange information?" He's like, "I don't. I didn't exchange." Well, that's not like back at home. We're not trading uh, insurance papers here. <laughs> the kid cut me off. We kind of clipped bumpers and. Here we are. Jack, that was his prized possession, the Hilux truck yeah. that uh, the Skipper had. Skipper Miller was, uh, he was fun, interesting, all at once. He uh, he had a definitely, he he was... Eccentric. Eccentric, we could. Uh, he was a, a guy that played college football at New Mexico State. He was a big guy. He was uh, a lineman at New Mexico State. He was a great pilot. He crashed more aircraft than I ever crashed, but he, he was a great pilot. Uh, he did have a few uh, interesting uh, occurrences. But the truth is, is that, you know, as, for as eccentric as he was, we wouldn't have ever gotten based oh, up in Baghdad. No, we would never have him. been at the show, ever. He was, he was a forward-leaning He individual. was forward, and that's what I loved about and, him. And he knew he had a group of individuals and, uh, you know, aircraft that could contribute. And uh, <laughs> was able to get us up there. So, yeah, for there's, all of there were There's some individuals that did not want to be there. Right. <laughs> so, but, but for, yeah, for the most part, some people were kind of like, okay, let's, let's get this done in 90 days and go home. And others are like, hey, this is, this is a one-shot deal. We've yeah. trained for this forever. We yeah. Got, we have a senior cadre of people. We'll be, we'll be out of here soon. Like, yeah, we had four aircraft there from the beginning to the end. Yeah. That's right. But uh, he was interesting because – he made more money than any of us because he was the skipper. Uh, we were all junior officers to him. And one of the big things that we enjoyed is we finally got a TV set and a cable into the little ops box that was probably no bigger than this studio. Yeah. Um, a little bit bigger than this studio, which Not is comfortable. Though. probably 20 feet long and like 10 feet wide. And the it box. Was, we the call box, it the box. The ops box. Because it was a big metal box. And it had a TV set there. And one of the one of Skipper's favorite things to do is to sit in the air conditioning and flip through every channel there was on sure that freaking TV. And so what we did was we went out, and every time Skipper sat down, we would unplug the cable and go, I guess the cable's out. Yeah, now the boss will leave. He finally <laughs> leaves, and after he leaves, we plug the cable back in and watch whatever the Put hell we want. Put on one channel, yeah, <laughs> instead of all of them. But um, yeah, the Air Force in there, and I, I want to speak. You know, there's, in my opinion, there's uh, the the Air Force. You know, they do the they they are a supply chain, and the guys I really respect are the AC one thirty guys, uh, the close air support guys. We use the TACPs, the um, uh, I mean, we worked with a lot of very good Air Force guys, but at a general, uh, in, in a general overview with the Air Force guys, and I don't want to speak poorly. My dad was a retired colonel from the Air Force, and the Air Force definitely does That's a lot careful. of business, but they are horrible people. They did not want to <laughs> share. They they started. Uh, they got Camp Sather up, and they put a gym in, and they had days off, and uh, 
we were working seven days a week and you know a i i remember they were getting mad because once they had uh we had um incoming uh the big voice in the sky said incoming and coming when we'd have uh mortar shells coming in or rockets coming in. And uh, most of our opinions was we would sleep during the day and we would work at night. And most opinion was if we had an air raid or, I mean, a a, a missile raid coming in, we'd rather just stay in our air-conditioned tents instead of running out and going into a bunker. And getting stuck there. And getting stuck there. (laughs) And because... And and they would that would that would infuriate them. They'd be very upset. We had we had Hescos and we had uh, sandbags that were surrounding our 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 uh, tents. So the chances are, if it was a direct hit, it went right through the middle of the tent. Yeah, it would kill everybody. If it hit outside, it probably wouldn't kill us because we were behind the sandbags. But they were so irate, they would like send the the Air Force police in to make sure people are leaving their tents. And you're like. Just leave us alone. We've already made our choice. Yeah, you start doing the running the numbers on probability that it's yeah, probably be your day. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> going to get killed running out to the bunker as soon as you're going to get killed sleeping through there. But it was uh, it was great times. We would all huddle around at night when we had a day off, and we would watch like old school yeah, on a laptop computer. So there's ten dudes, or usually twelve dudes in a ten man tent, and we'd all huddle around a small laptop computer with a DVD driver and watch old school. And that was 12 dudes huddled around one laptop. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, it was like mash if they had a laptop. If they had a laptop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the uniforms were similar in terms of there really weren't any, there weren't any. <laughs> until yeah, as things progressed, it got, you know, cause we oh, when the went big... out, then you'd go home for 90 days and then you come back for 90 days. And it's like, Oh, things have, Things we got a little bit more institutionalized here, you know. Um, more institutionalized, have, yeah. the worse it was. <laughs> exactly. I remember. Although what, the food got better. Did you ever go swim at? Food uh, got better. The MREs yeah. morphed into, you know, one meal a day, morphed into three meals a day. So that was good. Yeah. if But we would never get this because we were usually sleeping through. Yeah. And then uh, one time they tried to give Doc only three shrimp. Like, can't <laughs> live on three shrimp. Can't. How can a man live on three shrimp? Shrinking Doc. No, but so many w- characters we had. Oh um, my God! But it was that's what's sort of interesting about having an older group of people that, as reservists, you know, have other lives, and now everybody's kind of come together, and you start to learn when you're twelve people in a ten man tent uh, yeah. a little more about the personalities. We're the cool. we're the only uh, our squadron and HCS four, which basically was just a giant HCS five and HCS four was basically just giant one squadron that was separated from East Coast, West Coast. And we were the only reserve special operations squadron in the military at the time, which was pretty unique because these guys were school teachers. They were businessmen. They were, we had guys that were cops. We had guys that were. We had real doctors. Like we had a doctor. We had, we had Dr. Doctor. Flipsy. Yeah. Dr. Flipsy. <laughs> Doc Flipsy. Interesting. He's a very interesting individual. Um, Mayo Clinic. Um, electrocardiologist uh, or custodian one of the two. or custodian we never saw any proof of that we always asked like are you really are you really a doctor much like i asked joe yeah. if he's really a doctor but it was uh it was definitely the war i i'd been i was lucky enough to how many times did you go to iraq just twice twice i went to iraq 10 times wow and 
we went in the the change is were you ever in Balad? Never. I mean, I flew in and out of there. Right, but you were never based based in Balad. They they eventually moved us from Baghdad International Airport up to Balad, and we were underneath the Special Operations uh, Command, which was uh, the we our customers is a siege of Sodif, which is a special operation combined special operation special forces. So I can't even do the acronym anymore, but it was all the team guys, and they moved the once the uh, aviation portion up there, uh, co-located up there right. in Balad, um, which our lives got progressively better. You know, uh, yeah. they they started putting in sidewalks, <laughs> so yeah, you know funny. you knew you were staying for a while when they were starting putting in sidewalks. But during that time, we we were supported very well. Once we moved up to Balad, even we got better supported in uh, Bayat before we moved out of there. But at the beginning of the war, I, I want to concentrate on like the 2003, it was wild, wild west. It was yeah. go find food, go find water. Oh, we need, we need, uh, I remember the kid that came up from Qatar. We were trying to uh, tell a guy that, you know, we needed connectivity up in Iraq to both Sipper and Nipper, which is secret and then open source communications so we could internet yeah the internet can't fight a war without the internet so they sent a guy up here to see what our needs were and well it was kind of like he came up and we were right next to a one of the houses hardened aircraft structure on biop was the eod has where they would dump just a ton of ordnance that they would have stored there and ak-47s that they'd captured and there were rooms full of ak-47s and there's no one there you just walked over there yeah so we would this kid came up and we traded like two ak-47s which who knows they would ever make it back to the united states because right, he, yeah. he was going back to Qatar. We're not promising that you no. can get take this anywhere but no, you but can have it now you can have these two ak-47s internet. if you send us up a bam which i don't even remember what a bam is but it's i don't know what the acronym stands for but it was both voice and internet communication that would go into uh the secured side and yeah. also the unsecured side and I'm sure it was a multi-million dollars worth of things. but Well, that's the part of the military you think that you want to be connected with those of high rank. But really what you want to be is connected with people that can do things. That can get stuff done. Can get stuff done. Yeah. So that's sort of the interesting thing. Uh, it was the interesting thing to see play out. That uh, You know, for those of us that were, because you were former Army, but for those of us who were Navy, you come on the ship and it's sort of self-contained, right? There's <laughs> people on there that they all have a rating in which they're supposed to provide some type of war fighting capability within the ship. You yeah. know, here we are just sort of figuring it out, <laughs> trying to fe- learn who, who can get us something. And uh, yeah, you were, you were good at that because you would, you were good at talking to people and figure out, well, where are you from? Oh, so yeah. you're from Iowa. Oh yeah. yeah. Are you a Hawkeye fan or, you know, Cyclones fan? It's like, that's how you really disarm somebody. You quickly kind of just talk to him. And then, you know what? He's going to set up so many BAMs in the next week. Yeah. He doesn't really care whether he sets ones up uh, up there or, you know, I think that's when you kind of realize it's just people kind of doing a job. I remember uh, we were there with, God, who, I, we'd been there for a while. And we had our, our Seahawks that were the Navy helicopters, much like the Blackhawk. They're all lined up on the, um, on the apron. Oh. And in comes a uh, P3 that lands at the airport. And they're taxiing down the taxiway, and they stop. And they put a big, you know, U.S. flag and Navy flag, and they, they come out. And, you know, all the guys are working on the aircraft, and they're looking up, and they see the P3. And they're screaming, 
we're the we're the first Navy aircraft in Iraq in Baghdad. And all the crew chiefs were like looking at him like, hey, we've been here for quite some time. No, it was uh do you remember when um I think it was the SEAL team that uh did a did a draw uh, a a parachute jump over Baghdad International Airport? No, I was not there for okay. that. Okay. God, I can't remember who it was. And the uh the Air Force um police were scrambling emergency because there's the red line because there's they, they were parachutes in the sky and i think they thought the iraqi military the iraqi paratroopers yeah since we had air superiority and there was no there's no iraqi air out there they're thinking people are jumping in and you know it's just our team guys getting a jump in in the middle of a war um were you there when uh, dhl got um got hit I by service there. yeah and then the c-17 also yeah, I was there for the, the DHL when the DHL got, um, it was a Antonov, it was a Russian airplane that was flying for DHL, bringing stuff in and out. And what they do is they would corkscrew on the way up and corkscrew on the way down to come in and land because we had superiority and, and uh, within a small area to make sure there's no surface air missiles to shoot at these guys. Well, they didn't get them all because mm-hmm. DHL got hit while they were taking off. And off, you know, one or two of their corkscrews, and then all of a sudden they came back with their wing on fire because it hit one of their uh, the main engines that they're having, and they came back all the way down, and they landed. They're they're safe, but it it burnt right through the wing and started the aircraft on fire. I bet that plane's still there. It probably is still there. <laughs> you can always just do a dedicated sat to go see if it yeah. really is. But uh, back to International Google, Airport. Google Maps, I bet you can find it. Were you there for the Class Six run? Uh, I'm not sure what the classics. The classics. They had a uh, duty-free shop in the Baghdad airport that had not been pillaged. Oh, I, I think I had heard about that, but it, it wasn't. Oh, okay. That. Well, we probably can't talk about that anyway. But, I think uh, I'd seen some of the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we had some characters. Um, some of the guys I want to talk about was uh, Al Renard. Oh, who, yeah. Who yeah. big call sign? Big Al. Big Al. Big gay Al. Big gay Al. Love Al. He's a man of his vices. He's an amazing man. He he was the guy that um, no matter where you had, he always had a cigarette and he was always shading his what what's the little uh, handheld um, uh, Game Boy game, yeah. game Boy or something. He I think it was playing. before the Nintendo Switch was around. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he'd always be sitting around and playing this no matter where he's at. You know, one of the best, really good pilot. Wicked smart. He had to keep his brain moving. He is wicked smart. But um, I ran into him in Germany a couple of times and passing by. And it was always fun trying to get out of Iraq. When you get into Iraq, that's one way, you know, you usually get in there when you get orders to leave. That was a crapshoot of when you were you're actually your leaving. <laughs> you're on your own. <laughs> that's right. You're going through, uh, I mean, I've been back and forth through Iraq, uh, through Germany, through England, through, uh, Ireland, uh, through road to Spain. Um, just so many different places, and it was always a crapshoot, especially if you're a single rotation, just one person trying to get into Iraq and also get out of Iraq. And you think it'd be tough to get out. I got that. But it's sometimes really tough just to get into Iraq because you fly into uh, Frankfurt, and then you end up in Ramstein, and you're trying to manifest to go to war. You're like, you just keep on getting bumped. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there's always, you know, we were always in a learning curve on how do you do this. And then we, we kind of broke the, co- the code by going and finding the pilots that were going to fly that C-17, that C-5 into uh, Baghdad. 
and go, hey, can you put me on the crew manifest? Yeah, I'm like, not very heavy. You're not very heavy. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. They're always like, especially if you went up and, and you, you find out the gig because you'd look at the the tail of the C-17 that was uh, that was fragged to go to the to go to Iraq. And you look up and you go, that's a National Guard plane. Yeah. Or and if it's a National they, Guard they plane. They speak reserve. Yeah, they can speak reserve. And there are a bunch of bubbles that are Southwest pilots or whatever and yeah. now are doing their duty and flying in and out of Iraq and you're like, I could talk to them. I'm going to get on the flight. Yep. But it's always, it was seemed to be always a dope deal. Everything was a dope deal over in Iraq. Um, and, the, and it got normalized. Keep on once the big army, big Navy or big army and big air force got into uh, theater, everything kind of got normalized. See, maybe that should be our plan in future wars. We just leave before it ever gets normalized. Like that should be our, our <laughs> red line. That's like the red line. Say, hey, yeah. We'll cut the budget because the people that run things, when things get normal, they, we're going to get rid of them. Yeah. We'll just, we're going to have people that can deal with chaos. We're going to bring chaos. We're going to get rid of the bad people. And then we're going to leave. Once you just see, once you see everything coming in that says Halliburton, yeah. time to leave. Yeah. Once we, once we, once the contractors outnumber the uh, active duty. Yeah. <laughs> you see plain clothes guys. You're like, ah, let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. But I, I had a, I had, you know, it was it was tough. You're away from your family. You're away from the United States. But we made the best out of it. You yeah. know, it was uh, we had fun. Everybody tried to have a good time. Um, oh, I got I got my favorite Big Al story. What's your tell favorite? Tell me your Big Al story. A New Year's Eve. What would happen on New, New Year's, Year's Eve? Eve, 2004? Hey, what are we gonna do? Uh, let's play Risk. <laughs> so we sit down, we play Risk. And quickly, everybody kind of realizes that it'd be more fun to just make sure Al doesn't win than for you individually to win. So these alliances all started forming up, and finally Al's like, you just, you're just you just playing enough for me to win. He's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, That's not right. Was it? Was it mel- I, welcome, me- welcome to the world. We, we, would, we would love meltdowns. We would love yeah, we all have. pissing people off. Yeah, I, that think was- I think you'd. Flip my entire little I did be over. Yeah, you because I you, was just you're being a smart ass. You were like a sniper smart just, ass. Just going and going. Yeah, and going. you're like a little nippy dog. The creatine and, kicked in and yeah, you just threw I the whole thing over. Came over and just dumped you over. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, this is great to see Dawn. Thank you for so. I I love having uh, a lot of buddies that are uh, airline guys because they'll just drop by and be like, "Hey, I'm in Austin. Come yeah. on over." But you live uh, close enough to town and oh yeah. Did uh, are you going to make it? We're having a big uh, squadron reunion in uh, June. You're going to try to make that. I have to check my schedule. I got a uh, a dance competition for one daughter and a wedding for the other. But uh, are you I in the dance competition? I will not be dancing. What is what kind of dance are we doing? Irish dance. Irish. Have you can yeah, you do it, Jim? Yeah. See, you should come. You're the redhead. No, I'm Scottish. I'm not <laughs> Irish. Can't do that. All right, hey Donnie, love you like a brother. Uh, we went through a lot of fun times, uh, and uh, you're you're a true true friend and uh it's it's great to run into you and keep in contact and uh all my other brothers out there that we worked with with the uh the teams and uh the squadron you know you always got a friend in austin and oh, i got a i got a free place for you to stay but you have to do a podcast <laughs> it sounds very this is a very comfortable couch it's very good uh, yeah i, I mean, love that the studios the studio is the best nap place ever in the world it's soundproof and it's cold this could be where i sleep it's fine. Everybody likes it. But yeah, thanks for doing this on Memorial Day weekend, which is something that, you know, I think a lot of people, are, I've actually had people today say, oh, oh, it's Memorial Day. So 
Not only did they not know it's that weekend, but they probably also don't know what Memorial Day stands no, for. No, so. I like the I like the table. Happy Memorial Day. Yeah, and you're like, no, 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 that's not how it's supposed to go. Happy yeah. Veterans Day. Yeah, we could take that. Yeah, but uh, happy, I mean, I think, yeah, and any time you want to wish people happy, happy something is is fair. <laughs> that's I um, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. But uh, no, it's good. There's obviously a lot of people. And we were very lucky, uh, you know. <laughs> Don, thanks, thank, thanks thank you for having for coming, and thanks for uh, you're always invited here. And we'll we'll do another one next time you come here. Sounds good. We'll talk sports. <laughs> Unleashed, where helicopters and astrophysics collide. Cheezo's Boots. Best damn cowboy boots in Texas. And everywhere else. Cheezo's Boots. Damn comfortable cowboy boots. <laughs>